Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Sim. Hey, hey, Sonia. Hey, hey, Sim. (laughs) I'm just trying to have more energy right now because something happened to me on the way over here and I just want to forget about it. I want it out of my memory. I'm so flawed. So let me set you a scene. I am at the coffee shop, my local coffee shop. I am buying an oat milk hot chocolate. And also, by the way, one of our community members messaged me the other day because I had posted on our one of our previous episodes that I was like, what's happening to the calcium? Like, where am I getting my calcium if I'm always having oat milk? And she was like, hey, just letting you know they put calcium in oat milk because someone else has thought about this. And I was like, wow, that's so fair. Like, I really thought I was like the first person to be like, wait, if I'm not having real milk, I'm not getting my calcium. So anyway, I'm having my oat milk. I'm having my hot chocolate. And when they give you an oat milk hot chocolate, they give me like a little marshmallow. And so I'm walking out the door. I've got my keys in my hand. I've got my debit card. I've got my oat milk. Like there's a lot going on. And as I exit, like a group of guys are walking in. And you know what I mean in this situation. You just get a little bit flustered, just a little bit nervous. And my like marshmallow falls onto the concrete in front of everyone. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I leave the marshmallow and look like an idiot? Or do I look like a bigger idiot and pick a marshmallow off the concrete in front of everyone? And just like, it was horrific. I had to do it. I picked it up. I put it in the bin. And I was like, nothing has humbled me more than this moment. So I'm just trying to forget about it. I'm trying not to be insensitive because that's huge. It's a huge deal. I think I get nervous personally around groups of men, but also teenagers. And I think if you're already holding a lot of things and you also have to pick something up to put it in the bin, I feel like just the whole situation is off. Did they laugh? Did they point? Did they start recording you? What happened? We'll have to find out. Like I'll have to jump on TikTok later today and look for myself and just scroll and be like, there she is. There she is. Picking up a marshmallow. Ah, it's so embarrassing. I'm a grown woman. Like now people know I have a marshmallow with my hot chocolate. I don't know if that makes it worse. Like it was just bad. No, they give it to you. I think it's so cute. But they ask you, they're like, do you want a marshmallow? And you have to say yes. And I said yes. And I don't know. It was just... I would say yes. I think I might have to move offices. <laughs> were they high school kids as well? They were like in their like late teens, early 20s. That makes it worse. There was like six of them. Yeah, see what I mean? I get it. I get it. But I'm so glad that I can take your mind off it because today we are diving into a book that I have read and Sim has not. So it is going to be, I would say, a pretty fun conversation. I did enjoy the book a lot and I think when you get around to it you'd enjoy it too. Now before we begin we want to take a moment to thank our season sponsor for powering this week's episode. Are you ready to take control of your financial future and you don't know where to begin? Meet Perla, the Aussie investing platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in the stock market and build a sensible diversified portfolio. With Perla you can start investing with as little as $5. Perla's unique community driven experience guides you through the process of selecting your investment goals, creating a portfolio tailored to your needs and tracking your progress over time. 
One of the things that we love most about Perla is their commitment to financial education. Perla commits to empowering investors through tools like template portfolios with access to easier investing and supportive community connections. Perla also offers great insight and data that help pave the way for equitable investing. Their research finds women are investing more of their income than men and more women invest on their platform than men. Perla also walks the walk with open pay transparency to help facilitate open conversations about wage, roles and opportunities within the financial industry. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the options, Perla's platform is intuitive and easy to use with powerful tools that give you control over your investments. You can track your portfolio's performance, set up automatic investments and even invite friends and family to invest alongside you. Don't wait to start building your financial future. Check out Perla.com today and start investing in your goals. I'm really excited for you to talk about this book because the idea of like dying with zero is not something that I inherently agree with because to me it just doesn't make sense. I'm excited to hear what it's about, what you have to say, and I promise I won't play devil's advocate. No, I feel like you should because I think the whole point of the book is to challenge some traditional conversations that have been had about retirement, about leaving inheritance for your kids, about how to spend your money, how much to save. I think he does a good job of making you think deeper into those things. I guess what we're taught and what we speak about, they're spoon-fed over and over and over again to people, so they just think it's the right thing to do. And I think he does a good job in challenging certain beliefs and mindsets. So the book is called Die With Zero, Getting All You Can From Your Money and Your Life by Bill Perkins. And the first, I guess, key takeaway that I wanted to break down with Sam and have a conversation about is giving kids their inheritance before you die. So Mind you, this is spoken about a little bit later in the book, but I think it was one of my biggest takeaways because it's the first time that I've ever had someone talk about inheritance, someone talk about, you know, giving their kids money way earlier in life. Usually when we speak about it, it is once you pass away or your kids get a certain amount of inheritance. And Bill's point in the book is that when you give your money, away when you die, your kids will probably already be older. So in their 50s or in their 60s. And when you're in your 50s and 60s, you're getting ready for retirement. They'll probably already have a job, probably have decent earning power and just their own financial journeys. And it won't be as big of an impact as you think it would. But If you give them money when they're younger, like significantly younger, when they're in their 20s, when they're in their 30s, that chunk of cash that you give them will be so helpful. Like if we think about it, you know, we're 26, we can use that money to put down a deposit on a house, start a business that we've always wanted to, maybe making it easier if we have our own kids, pursuing different passions and things that we want to try out with that inheritance. But I feel like when you give that money to your kids, when they're younger, you also get to stick around and see what they do with it and see how it all plays out. I've never thought about that, but that's so true. And if you kind of think about it, that's what Asian parents do. Growing up, I've seen a lot of my like 
friends that come from Asian backgrounds have their parents pay for their university if they're privileged enough or help pay for the wedding, help give their home deposit. And then there's no expectation of like, oh, when my parents pass away, I'm going to get like a large sum of money. It's always, oh, if they have $50,000, which is a lot of money, like they'll give that to me in my 20s and 30s. So we're kind of already doing it in a way. That's so true. His entire point was give it to your kids when they can make the most impact. And he writes in the book that a person's ability to extract real enjoyment out of their gift, it declines with age. Because he cites that the Federal Reserve Board track these things, you know, when people get their inheritance and that peak age of inheritance receipt is 60 so 60 is pretty old like you've got 20 solid years left what do you do with that cash at 60 i think for me it's interesting that you bring up our parents and like how asian parents do things i'm not too sure why it shook me when i read it because like we are doing it already or we are witnessing it already i just think i didn't realize that my i guess belief with inheritance and stuff it was so set and it's not things that you feel like you need to rethink or relearn, but it is because now I'm questioning the whole thing. Well, would you then give an inheritance earlier if, as a parent if you have children? A hundred percent. That's how much it's changed. See, I was coming into this episode being like, I will be devil's advocate. I'll push back. And like, you've said this and I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like, I'm going to do the same. Like, it just makes so much sense. I'd rather help my children earlier on in life, help them get that home, help them with university if it's you know a little bit too tricky for them than give them a whole lot of cash when they're 60 and really just goes to my grandkids he uses this example in terms of giving money to charity like don't wait until you die charities need money now people need money now like why not allocate a certain amount of budget because a lot of people especially people who have a large amount of wealth and assets they will give a portion of their wealth and their will to a particular trust or charity. Why do that after you pass when you can see your money being used in real time? Do you think some people donate a lot of their wealth to charity when it's their time to go? Because they're like, hmm, I haven't done some great things in my life. And like, you never know, I might be going up and seeing someone up there and it might help my case if my last act was a good one. It's like they took it into heaven, you mean? Yeah, like a Highway Express ticket. It's interesting because like, have you discussed wills and like inheritance and stuff with your parents and your family? No, I think like for me to go up to them and be like, hey, let's talk about wills and inheritance would come off to them as like, you want us to die? Like it would just be like, are you waiting for this? But we have talked about inheritance very early on, like from when we were quite young, because my parents They have one home and they would be like, oh, we're so sorry. Like we only have one home for you and your brother. And I'm like, I never expected that this is going to go to me because that's just a weird, like, I don't want to have my financial plan be, oh, my parents are giving me a home. But also if we were to like get assets from them, they would be when we're a lot older. So it doesn't actually make an impact on me. And it's not like, oh, it's going to help my career. It's going to help this or that. Like it would just be either something that we hold on for art. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys? When we were having retirement conversations last year before my brother moved away, we did touch on it. I don't think we've gone into extensive detail about how, you know, my parents will 
will work, but we've talked about like insurances, life insurance, what's in the world right now, how it will work in terms of like my family live in New Zealand, but we're from India and how that will work. I think we've had those conversations. I used to be really scared to have those conversations personally, because for me, it's like, I don't even want to exist in a world where like my parents aren't there. So it's like really hard to think about, but it's so necessary because I imagine that if they pass away, like, you know, when something does happen to them and as they get older, like you'll just get even more stressed and, you know, it's just a more unpleasant experience if you don't have those conversations. The deep stuff. Crazy. Anywho, the second thing that I wanted to chat about is he talks a lot about knowing when to stop growing your wealth. So he makes a point in the book that traditionally people will continue working, continue working and try increase their assets, increase their network until they stop working, which traditionally is 65. And then after 65, as they go into retirement, they really hesitate to dip into their savings and to dip into like their retirement funds because they're so scared that they'll need more money later down the track. And so they live like a certain lifestyle fearful of spending money. But he talks about how for him, his joy is going to come from his memories and experience. And when you get so fearful about money and spending money, you're not spending it on the right things. Usually your mindset is like, I might need to spend it on like repairing this or a materialistic item. Or if my health falls, this is what I'll do. And I can't afford health insurance anymore. And he gives you some pretty clear steps on how he would go about it. So he says, calculate your annual survival cost on where you plan to live in retirement one. And then two, he's like, go to your doctor and ask them for an annual health check and get a read on your biological age and mortality. And he's like, get all the tests, get all the scans and get everything that you can get done on your current health and eventual decline. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. That's literally what he says in the book. And then he's like, assess your health, assess your history, and think about what activities bring you joy and what experiences will bring you joy. And start doing those because if you start doing those things, 
now rather than later on in your life, then you're more likely to enjoy it as a whole rather than getting impacted by your health. Like for example, as you get older, you get more tired, you're more likely to get a little bit sick. And so, yeah, I think I didn't have a giggle when I was reading those steps, but I've never quite read in plain words, like go to your doctor and figure out when you're going to (laughs) die. You would be like, hey doc, I just want to have a checkup. They're like, what brings you in today? And I'm like, listen, buddy, there is one thing I want to know. I want to know exactly when I will die. And they'll be like, we can't tell you that. And I'm like, well, I read it in a book. So you're going to give me that number. I always told myself like 95. I'm like, 95 is when I'm going. I just know it. I feel it in my bones. Sucks if we record this and it ends up being a lot earlier or a lot later. But I just plan like modern medicine has pushed us so far ahead. And as long as I keep these like tummy issues under control, I'll live a long life. (laughs) What's your number, Sonia? I have not thought of an age as my number. Is that weird? No, because it's the difference in our personalities. (laughs) I kind of just exist and hope for the best, you know? Yeah, you do that with most things. (laughs) So the actual, I guess, like reflection question he gets you to unpack is what's the best way to spend our money for maximum enjoyment and in order to generate maximum memories. So if you analyze for yourself, hey, I'm really fit and healthy right now. I'm in my 20s. I want to travel. I'm excited about life. I don't have too many responsibilities. Then take the time to travel now. Maximize your memories. And those are the memories that you'll hold on to as you go down later in life. Because some people get like diagnosed with diseases and stuff, you know? That makes me really emotional because I think I've kind of seen a lot of people in my life do the opposite where they've sacrificed a lot. It just being like, I'll travel when I'm older. I'll do all these things when I'm older. I want to settle like the now first. And I've always had like people in my life tell me like, get financially free first and then travel and travel nice and travel when you're older. And part of me was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then I started seeing everyone else do like OEs and go and travel young and like stay in hostels. And it just makes me sad that these people have missed out on that opportunity. But yeah, you do that with most things because now they are too old to travel or there's other responsibilities. Like there'll always be reasons not to. Mm. I think it just goes to show the massive shift in, I guess, generational thinking when it comes to money and when it comes to sacrifice. Also, it depends on what, you know, culture you're from and how you're raised. But same goes with like our families. Like my parents have sacrificed a lot for us to come to like New Zealand and to have the life that we now lead. Like at the moment, I'm struggling with guilt in terms of I'm seeing all these cool things in Toronto and experiencing all these things. And it just makes me think of like my mum and dad who didn't get the opportunity to, I guess, like see the world as freely as I have. And that makes me super emotional. And I think it just goes to show like they've always been very heavy on like encouraging me to travel and see the world and do all these things. And it comes from them not being able to do the same thing. I know exactly what you mean. It's like such a child of immigrant like guilt. Like I remember traveling and I was going to London. It was my first and only time going on business class and I just laid there and I was so happy. And then I was like, I feel 
so guilty and I messaged my parents and I'm like next trip like I'm going to take you all on business class like we have to do it and my mum's like just go to London like enjoy your trip like what are you doing and it just yeah you can't do things without the little niggly voice in the back of your head that's like they couldn't do this so that you could yeah it leads me on to the final takeaway about this book that I wanted to chat about and he talks about why you should save less and part of his reasoning is don't save so much that you forget to enjoy your life. And he really encourages maximizing positive life experience. So in the book, he does talk about people's health generally declining with time and sooner or later we all die. And so the question is, is that we all must answer how to make most of our time on earth. And I've seen a lot of discourse about this online, on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram, where there are people that travel a lot. And then in my heart, I want to believe that this is not done with any malicious intent. Okay. They're doing this unintentionally. They're having a great time. And then a creator, usually a finance creator will stitch it and be like, okay, sure. You're going to blow 5k in Europe when you're 25. Here's what 5k per year will do in the S&P 500 and in the stock market. Here's an example of Ellie and Susan. Susan decided to go to Europe. Susan decided to take a few years off to travel the world and have all these experiences. (laughs) And now Susan doesn't have a house and she's 30. Like, I feel like... (laughs) This book is a direct contrast to every finance creator. And it's interesting to me because I've always held this belief in terms of experiencing things now when I do have the energy, spending most of my money on experiences rather than materialistic things. And I've done a fair bit of travel and I plan to do a whole lot more in the next few years. And I think if anything ever happened to me, Like if I ended up being in hospital or if I, like, for example, I was sick the other week and I was lying in bed for ages. Those memories of me traveling and of me doing things, those made me really happy. Like those memories kind of got me through. Whereas like if I saved $500 or $5,000 by not going on a trip, it's like the $5,000 would be used anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I'm, saving it for the rest of my life I'm just going to use it for something else that might not even happen that's really hard for me to change my mind on because I agree completely like you should enjoy now and you should live now but I think I would just be a hypocrite to be like that's what I'm gonna do like I think I'm still in the no save for the future like invest for the future so that you can relax when you're older kind of mindset and I've gotten so much better I think in the last year where I'm able to spend more money and live in the present but it's just tricky because if you grow up a certain way you're really unlearning and it's on me like I'm not blaming anyone else like I have to take responsibility for the way I think it's just so hard to yeah a hundred percent and I think it is something a lot of people have to unlearn and it's such a personal decision as well I know that there's been a shift in terms of traveling and spending a lot of money on experiences. But then you also have the flip side of that of people going into debt 
to have these experiences and putting themselves in a poor financial situation that is going to impact them. So I feel like there's a balance. My thing is, is that I don't like it when it gets to a point where you're shaming someone for living their life or like past decisions. Like let people evaluate what they want to do with their lives, with the information that they have in the best way that they know how and let them make that decision. I feel like it's a little bit of an ask on platforms like TikTok where everyone has like an opinion on everything, but it really grinds my gears when like those stitches and those like duets come or like those comments come up because again, it's you want to feel superior compared to someone else's lifestyle or compared to where someone else is. And you should feel superior in your own right. You don't need to look down on someone or what someone else is doing to feel that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you make yourself feel better by pushing someone else down. Imagine if you could just feel better by being so secure on yourself that it doesn't matter what other people do. I think in conclusion, I would say overarching this book is about that. Like the main idea of the book is that life is a sum of your experiences and that experiences that keep on giving in the form of fulfillment from your own memories. I think he spends a lot of time really going into his ideas and he does it so eloquently that I feel like I'm so glad that I read it. Fun fact, I picked it up because Ali Abdal actually recommended it as a part of his YouTube book club. He is one of the only men that I listen to. And (laughs) Ali Abdal follows us, by the way. Hey, Ali, Sonia, love you. Like I literally got an iPad, like a particular iPad because of that man a Kindle because of that man, read this book because of that man, one could say I'm a fan. (laughs) I think it's a great book. I think it challenges traditional like mindsets and what we've been reading and hearing all these years. And it's done super well as well. So I definitely recommend it as a read. And I can't wait till you read it and tell me your thoughts on it. I'm going to get the audiobook today and I'm going to have a listen because you've convinced me it sounds really interesting. I think the main points were all things I would not have done. And now just from this conversation, I'm like, yeah, of course, they all make sense. Like, why did I look at it any other way? Mm. So in conclusion, what I'm hearing is I'm going to need to give money to my children if I have children before I pass away in their 20s when they're broke. I'm going to spend more now in ways that enrich my life because you never know what's going to happen but at the same time you also want to take care of future you and I'm going to go to my GP or at least look online and work out how long I'm going to live and determine what I need to live off and then see if I'm actually on my way to retirement or if some things need to shift around. Nailed it. Thank you. So I think that's probably a good place to wrap things up. If you enjoyed this summary and you want more book recommendations, let us know. This is a great way to break down like personal finance help books without needing to go and read them because God, they really take it out of me. If we can leave you with one thing, it is please share the podcast on your Instagram story. If you enjoy this episode, tag us so we can see it. It's probably the best way to help grow the show and get more people to learn about investing in personal finance. If you enjoy the show, leave a rating. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Till next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye.
And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.